Hi, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor Podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 107, Fertility Empowerment Show. Breast Cancer Empowerment with Dr. Carol Lori, naturopathy doctor, acupuncture, homeopathy, and functional medicine practitioner. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition channel in YouTube and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Get pregnant by unleashing your reproductive power. Hello everyone and today today we are with a very very special guest every time i have her in my show i feel so happy because i learned so many things from her she's lots of resources she's functional medicine practitioner she's a doctor of naturopathy and she's also acupuncturist everything that you imagine she is also doing homeopath so Today, we're going to talk about a very delicate issue that's about breast cancer. And uh, I know a lot of women have this problem. And uh, the reason we talk about this in our fertility empowerment show is that even people who are pregnant may have this problem or um, women uh, that uh, think that they, they are, that's end of the road, they cannot get pregnant even if they, they have breast cancer. So we're going to talk about this and dig into it. Welcome to my show, Carol. Thank you so much for being here again. I'm so honored and excited to be here with you and your audience. Thank you for having me. Uh, okay. I know uh, many people already know you because uh, we had a lot of interviews together and you always uh, were good support for me in all shows and all summits. Uh, but please um, tell, tell me about yourself for my new audience and tell them what you exactly do. Um, and especially later we can talk about our topic. Sure. Um, well, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you and your audience once again. Uh, I was going to be a medical doctor. And as life would have it, I ended up being in a spiritual community in New York and my roommate had cancer. And I was with her when uh, we went to Memorial Sloan Kettering, and this was in the 70s. And the doctor said to her, there's nothing more we can do for you. Basically, you're not going to live very long. And uh, she wasn't willing to accept that. And she found this doctor in those days. You have to understand the word detox, which we take for granted now. Nobody heard of that. So he did detoxifying diets using iridology which is using the, um, the eye to determine where you need to, where you have toxins stored in your body. And I ended up working in that doctor's office. And this is how naive I was at the beginning. This young girl came in and she had bad skin. And I was the assistant and I'm thinking in my head, you know, why is she here? You have acne, you take antibiotics. What's the big deal? And he was seeing lots of uh, people that had been either not helped through the medical profession or actually harmed. 
So I was uh, afforded an up close and personal experience of the beauty and the power of natural medicine. And one day I was going through this big pile of paperwork and there was a catalog to the National College of Naturopathic Medicine. It's like the bells went off. And I thought, oh, maybe I should go here. So that was a long time ago. And I became a naturopath and I moved to California and got my acupuncture license. And all along, I've been studying homeopathy, which has changed so much in the last 10 years because our diseases have changed a lot in the last 10 years. So in my clinical practice, um, I was working with fertility for older women because I was an older woman when I had my beautiful girl who's now 26. And there is so much that we can do using natural medicine to help women prepare for fertility because so many women are waiting longer to have their children. And then one day my dear friend called me on the phone and I thought it was a crank call because I couldn't understand the person. And finally, she said, I, I realized who it was. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, I have breast cancer. So these are the four words that no woman wants to hear. So my practice is morphed. I mean, yes, I continue to work with women who are older and are undergoing IVF or want to prepare for IVF or have failed IVFs or mis multiple miscarriages. And I love doing that. And now the other side is breast cancer, which impacts, as you mentioned, um, you can have a baby and then develop breast cancer. You can um, be pregnant and develop breast cancer. You can have a family history of breast cancer, your mom or your sister, and that can increase your uh, percentage likelihood of getting it. So my, if that's the case, there is so much that you can do to one, prevent those genes from turning on, and two, to have a higher level of um, diagnostic workup so that if there is a problem, you it's caught really early, and then you have um, an integrative practitioner such as myself working with you while you go through treatment. So it's a little bit different than fertility, but we're all talking about women's empowerment. Yes, you're right. Like you're talking about women who are struggling with this breast cancer and even are pregnant or are planning to get pregnant. Uh, is there any remedy, real remedy for breast cancer? And is there any hope that the, they can plan for their future babies? So there's no one remedy for breast cancer, but there are comprehensive protocols. And my practice believes in taking the best of both worlds, uh, combining what allopathic or medical care, medical oncology affords you, and provides for you. And then what I do, which is the integrative or natural component. And I think the two of them go really well together. So I am, I am that proponent. And yes, there is a lot that you can do. Um, if you um, have, there is, you know, there's a group called young women with breast cancer and women are getting it more earlier these days. And if they're going to undergo radiation or surgery or chemotherapy, sometimes women have to have their ovaries taken out. Um, what can you do to preserve your fertility? 
So there is a specialty called medical oncological gynecologist and obstetrician. And absolutely, if that is you, you should be under the care of one of those doctors. I just referred someone to see a medical oncological gynecologist uh, this week. But um, what they'll probably do is, you know, reserve your eggs and then have you undergo treatment. You can freeze your eggs. And then when you are ready to have a child, you, you might need to do a surrogate situation. Um, there's so many options available with pregnancy and uh, nowadays that we didn't have 30 or 40 years ago. It's really wonderful. Um, if you get preg if you're pregnant and um, you've had your baby and you develop breast cancer, then you'll go through the traditional, if you choose, depends. I mean, you can choose to go through the traditional route. And then there are people who choose not to do traditional care of chemotherapy, radiation, and um, possibly surgery. And if that's the case, you know, there is no one breast cancer. Every breast cancer is different. How large is your tumor? What What is it? You know, what are the hormonal status of your tumor? How aggressive is it? We can tell all of this through testing. Um, there are clinics that I know of. Um, I've attended several and been speakers at several integrative oncology conferences. And there's a wonderful clinic in Germany where they use laser to treat breast cancer without chemotherapy and radiation. So I think it's important to become educated and know what your options are. Of course, those treatments are outside of the standard insurance box. So you'll need to be able to afford to pay for that. Unfortunately, that's part of the, the landscape of integrative care. Yes, unfortunately, here in Canada, same thing. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Carol, tell me some tips. Give me some tips about breast cancer. What do we do if we we are diagnosed with breast cancer? Uh, let's say I I really want to go dig into it. Let's say we are in a stage in earliest stage of breast cancer, and uh, we are. Um, knowing it very late, what do we do? <laughs> so the first moment when you hear those words, you have breast cancer, I think that it's so common for the woman to panic and to think the worst. And um, I think the first thing to realize is you didn't develop your breast cancer overnight. So under very rare circumstances, would it be a surgical emergency where you have to start treatment or surgery now? Um, so you can take your time and make sure one that you have, uh, you're being treated if at all possible at a major teaching hospital. Do you have a good oncologist and surgeon? Do you need to get a second opinion? And then when you go for your biopsy, one of the things you want to make sure is that you want to ask them to do something called a KI-67, which is when they take a certain, they take a hundred cells and they put a stain on those cells. And they look at where in the mitotic S phase of division are those cells. And if you have a lot of those hundred cells dividing, that means your cancer is more aggressive than if you're not. So these little tools or clues help the doctors um, determine what kind of treatment that you get. If they find out that you have DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ, 
the next thing out of everyone's mouth is, oh, we're going to order you an Oncotype test. Oncotype breast cancer recurrent index is the standard of care for DCIS. And what it does is it gives you these numbers and these percentages of how much your tumor will respond to chemotherapy, radiation, and hormonal therapy. And it's really empowering to have that number because, and surgery, I hope I said, put that in there because that, that number, and they've, this study is very valid. They've used hundreds of thousands of women over periods of many years. So they really understand what works. And um, so that number gives you a lot of information about, well, you know, I'm like the number, the cutoff is usually 23. So if you have a larger tumor and your cutoff is 20 and your number is 22 or 23, you and your doctor, and notice I say you and your doctor may decide that it would be best for you to have chemotherapy. You can choose uh, to have radiation or not. You can look at the test results. If you don't have DCIS, there are other neogenomics and Karis Molecular Intelligent Report are some of the other testing that I use to help give information about what type of chemotherapy is your tumor sensitive to. And of course, there's massive amounts of blood work that we can do because cancer doesn't develop in a vacuum. You can have um, low vitamin D, which can contribute to cancer. You can have low serum zinc. You can have elevated copper. Copper tends to feed cancer cells. Um, you want to look at, you know, what is your sugar metabolism doing? Because cancer, given a choice between oxygen and sugar for the cancer gas tank, it chooses sugar, even though it gets less ATP or energy, and it has to work harder for that. So this is the beginning of how cancer was developed uh, to be thought of as a metabolic disease. And that was discovered in, in 1918, actually, by a German scientist, Otto Warburg, and it's called the Warburg effect. So it's very important to understand that cancer is a metabolic disease. So the more testing we have, the more understanding we have, or what, what are the little triggers that are contributing to your cancer? Beautiful. I'm going to ask you some question about functional medicine testing, sure. but let's go for a few seconds, go for a break, and we will come back again. Please subscribe to Pantal Calhoun Transition Channel and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Thank you for watching. Uh, all right, um, tell me, uh, please let me know why, how, how, what kind of test we can do for functional medicine. I know there are lots of um, other tests in medical. Uh, but there are also some functional medicine tests that we do as a functional medicine practitioner. But uh, what kind of tests you recommend? Well, I have a whole sheet, which I'm happy to share with your audience, called um, follow-up testing that you can ask your oncologist for. And there's a lot on it, but let's just take a couple categories. One, I know um, a lot of people are very familiar with vitamin D because we've heard a lot about it in relationship to the pandemic that we've just experienced. The majority of Americans and Canadians, I'm sure, are low in vitamin D. 
vitamin D is we get from being out in the sun. And especially in the winter, we're not outside. And in the pandemic, we were most of us were staying inside. So it's not an inappropriate statistic to say almost 75% of Americans are vitamin D deficient. Um, vitamin D has been proven when they've done research that if you have a low number and from a functional medicine perspective, you want your number to be between 60 and 75. I have had women come in with their numbers being 24. Now, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, so there are different um, approaches of how to treat it. Some doctors like to give 50,000 IU a week, which is we would never get that much vitamin D in nature. And so what I like to do if somebody is that low, I start them out on 10,000 for a couple of weeks, and then maybe I go down to 5,000 every day after that. But, uh, you know, you can go up to 25 for a couple of weeks, but, and it's a pill, you take a pill. But research has shown that if you have a low vitamin D, it can contribute to breast cancer. So I always check vitamin D from a functional medicine standpoint. I also always check fasting, um, glucose, and serum insulin, and something called the hemoglobin A1C. These are all, and um, EGFR1, these are all how your body is managing your sugar. Because as I just said, sugar feeds cancer. Cancer loves sugar. It's energy for the cancer gas tank. It helps it grow. It helps it move from place to place. We want to manipulate your internal environment so the cancer doesn't like, like it and can't grow. And not only can it not grow, but it doesn't call over to the neighbors and say, hey, come join me. Because cancer cells are cells that have stopped paying attention to the rules. They've just decided that instead of stopping at the stop sign, like we all do when we get in our cars, not only are they not going to stop, but they're going to get the neighbors to stop paying attention to the rules too. That's called progression or angiogenesis, how cancer expands and grows in your body. Cancer is a metabolic disease. The more we can change your internal environment, the greater empowerment you have. So vitamin D, we look at your blood sugar levels and how your body is metabolizing glucose and carbohydrates. I also like to look at inflammatory markers. Um, CRP, C-reactive protein is a very standard uh, blood test. Um, it's a protein that's manufactured in the liver and it indicates inflammation. Um, ESR is part of your um, CBC. And what it does is it counts how quickly red blood cells, when they're spun down, um, sink to the bottom of the tube. And if they sink more quickly, that means there's more inflammations. And then there's other cytokines that we can check. So there's a whole inflammatory section that I look at. So we have the blood sugar section with the inflammatory section. We want to look at how your CBC is. Are you anemic? What is your neutrophil to lymphocyte ratio? What is your zinc level? What is your serum copper? Because copper feeds cancer. And then we can get into more, you know, advanced diagnostics. But those are just the beginning of a comprehensive protocol. Beautiful. So tell me, give me an example of a very successful um, treatment you had on your patients uh, who had very uh, aggressive breast cancer? Well, aggressive breast cancer is unfortunate because um, I try to have 
ideally women come to me before they become aggressive. Um, breast cancer can be more and more looked upon as a chronic disease and you can go through your medical treatment and get the tumor dealt with and then you do integrative care in addition to being on perhaps some immunotherapy or tamoxifen or hormonal suppression therapy to really reduce your risk of recurrence. Um, it depends, you know, there's no one set, but I have my six steps that I w work with women through no matter what, if they're in treatment or recovery or preventing recurrence. So the six steps, the first step is to address the inflam inflammation. And these are steps that also I use in my fertility practice too. And if you, and not only just with breast cancer, but with any kind of complex illness, these, these six, six steps will work for you no matter what kind of out of balance or illness you have in your body. So we want to address the inflammation. We, first, we do some of these diagnostic tests, and then we look at where your body's inflamed and what can we do to reduce the inflammation. And the next step we use is we look at your nurturing nutrition. Now, notice I didn't say the word diet because there, it's not about diet. We're not dieting. We're learning how to up-level our nutrition so it nurtures us. And it's also not about like, oh, I can't eat this. I better not eat that. If people feel like food is taken away from them and they're the victim of somebody telling them, you can't eat this, it's not going to work. So I, I, I work with people so they understand why I am saying that eating sugar is like putting gas in the cancer gas tank because then you become empowered knowledge is empowerment and then you can make appropriate decisions about well am i going to eat this ice cream or cake today or am i going to really choose to take good care of myself and say no thank you um then we look at targeted supplementation um people come into me with bags literally of products that they've spent hours researching on the internet and then they go and they buy products. And I'd say that there has been very rare times where somebody hasn't wasted hundreds of dollars. Wrong products for them, not made to pharmaceutical quality standards. So the company is questionable. Unfortunately, there's no FDA regulation for um, vitamin companies. So if you're buying your vitamins at Trader Joe's or Costco or CVS or some even Whole Foods, a lot of times you're wasting your money. Um, so we have inflammation, nutrition, supplementation, lifestyle. Toxin-free home is a very big uh, component. It, your home is your sacred space and it's the area where you have 100% control over what is in there. And I'll tell you a lovely story. I had a woman who was 35 and had, quote unquote, unexplained infertility, which I love. Don't you love that diagnosis, unexplained infertility? And um, she came in, she was wearing a lot of perfume because there's no, there's no such thing as really unexplained infertility. The issue is standard medicine hasn't figured out what it is yet, but functional medicine can do, has a lot of assets that unfortunately the regular gynecologist and obstetrician don't quite have yet. So she comes in, she's wearing a ton of perfume and I have a scent free office. And I said to her, so tell me about scent. And she goes, Oh, I love scent. I said, well, what does that mean? I have the plugins. I have those sticks in the oil. 
I um, spray my, this put the hair on top of my head to rise up. I spray that product on my sofa. I'm not going to mention its name. I use dryer sheets. I, so I said, whoa. So for those of you that don't know, chemicals are estrogen disruptors. And this is true for infertility. And it's also true for hormone um, processing and contribute to breast cancer. When you have your estrogen, it needs to be processed. It's eliminated through your gut and then through fecal material and your urine. So let's just say your estrogen has been broken down and it's waiting to be eliminated in a parking garage. And there are receptors like parking spots. They, the real estrogen needs to drive up to this parking spot, park in the spot, and then it can be eliminated. But with those chemicals that I just mentioned, uh, the dryer, the dryer, the plugins, the scents, that spray, that toxic spray stuff, those chemicals like went into the parking lot and said, no, I'm here first. So real estrogen can't be eliminated. So when that happens, it turns into a more, a toxic form of itself and builds up. And that's how estrogen dominance is created. So having a toxin free home is the beginning of empowerment about your hormone health. So I said to her, go home and take everything that you're using and put it on the countertop and take a picture. 29 items. 29 oh items. Oh my goodness. I never thought about this. Yeah. Like perfume, you know, I never that, thought that about That scent this. goes in through your body, your nose and it goes right into your pituitary gland and then you have estrogen disruption. So this was her explanation for, quote, unexplained infertility. She had to throw her sofa out because we couldn't detoxify it from that toxic spray stuff on your sofa. She um, had to wash all of her linens in, you know, eco laundry detergent. She unplugged all of that, that scent stuff. She got rid of the stuff, you know, in the oil. She changed over to her body products. This is another thing, ladies, you know, what you put on your body in the morning, your skin absorbs. So all that over-the-counter skin stuff is contributing to your hormone health. Whether you want to get pregnant, you have PCOS, uh, you're older and you're trying to get pregnant, or you have a family history of breast cancer and you don't want to get this disease. What you put on your skin is absorbed into your body and contributes to your hormone health. So three months later, she's pregnant. Now, of course, I did some supplements and detoxifying with her, but she didn't have unexplained infertility. She had estrogen disruption overload from toxicity in her environment. That's a nice story. What an amazing story. Yes, I love it. So love it. So, Carol, tell me about your program. I know uh, you help women um, to and empower them uh, against uh, breast cancer. What is your program? And um, please sure. explain. Yeah. Well, I have right now, I have this umbrella program called the Path of Breast Cancer. And my attitude about breast cancer is it's not a disease. It's not a war. You're not fighting with someone. You don't want to conquer it because those words create inflammation. And really, who are you fighting or at war with yourself? 
I think we need to take a more feminine approach and get quiet. And absolutely, this is a serious situation, but we need to find some few moments and work with someone or people to get quiet inside and ask the question of your body and your mind, uh, what's going on here? What were the contributing factors? Now, notice that's different than saying, well, I gave myself breast cancer. That's, we don't want, that's not the right attitude. Blame, it's nobody gives themselves breast cancer. You, you know, you don't want to be a victim to the disease or any disease, but we want to have a curious approach. Like what's going on here? So I had a woman, you know, 20 years previous, she had a traumatic event. And when she was getting quiet, she said, you know, I know this is really weird. I can't imagine why it's coming up. But 20 years ago, this happened to me. And I said, well, yeah, that's a contributing factor. There can be multiple contributing factors, stress, environmental toxins, family genetics, unhealthy diets, lack of sleep. All of those things create this imbalance in your body, which can lead to your breast cancer genes being turned on. So we have empowered, um, I took the path of breast cancer, which has three phases, the phase for treatment, the phase for recovery, and the phase for preventing recurrence. And right now, and all of those are going to be developed, but right now I have a group coaching program called Empowered Against Recurrence. And they, you get the module from my online program which is preventing recurrence. It has five chapters in it and has functional medicine. It has what tests do you need to talk to your doctor? It needs how do you, it has how do you eat right now? What supplements should you be taking? Lifestyle changes, emotional support, which is very important, I think, for anyone with any chronic disease or fertility issues. And then we get, uh, you get four, you get five weeks plus a bonus week, six weeks of group coaching with me, where each week we cover a topic and I teach and you get the slides and the recording and there's bonuses of discounts on supplements and you get my Facebook lives. You know, I have a private group for people in my program where you get to ask me questions on Facebook. So you get a lot. Yeah, and, it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful program. And it's really an entrance for the women who want to learn more. I had a woman um, just yesterday tell me that her uh, dietitian through the oncology office told her that it was good to eat cream of wheat in the morning for breakfast. Now, I grew up with cream of wheat. I love cream of wheat. I don't eat it anymore. But when you have breast cancer, it's not healthy to eat cream of wheat in the morning. It's not healthy for multiple reasons. One, I think you should be gluten-free. And two, carbohydrates equal sugar. And the first thing you feed your body in the morning determines the metabolic messaging you're giving your cells for the day. So you don't want to start your day out with a standard American diet like we've all grown up with of cereal and milk, or toast, or cream of wheat, or even oatmeal. People think oatmeal is good. Oatmeal is not good. You don't want to start your day out with carbohydrates. So we talk about that. And when you learn and you understand, you I don't want people to be re, you know resentful that, oh, Carol says I shouldn't be eating oatmeal or cream of wheat or toast. I want you to understand, you know, that's empowerment. Empowerment is a very powerful word and it's a very important word. It gives you choice and it gives you positive action and you don't want to be a victim.
Yes, that beautiful. You know, I love what you're saying and I'm learning because there are a lot of things I never heard about it and it's great. Um, the point is this program Carl's talking about, it's, it's not for doctors. Is for everybody, everybody like normal people who don't have any education in health. And this is really great that you can have this power on your body and you can help yourself to treat. Because uh, what I see, even in healing, if you don't want to be healed, uh, I mean, healing should start from yourself. So starts in here, right? Exactly. So if you don't want to be healed, nobody can heal you. <laughs> right? Beautiful. So thank you so much, Carol, for being here. Again, we have her website, carollaurie.com, and that's her website for uh, empower empowered against uh recurrence. Yeah, recurrence. Right. But in, in any, in any, you know, in any doubt, just go to the Carol Laurie, and my last name is spelled L-O-U-R-I-E dot com, and use the contact me page and send me an email. I respond to every email I get, whether it's fertility for older women, uh, or you've had multiple miscarriages or failed IVF, or you have concerns of family history of breast cancer, or everyone knows someone with breast cancer. It's a very... Um, there are 3.7 million women in the U.S. who have had breast cancer in the last five years. And there's 330,000 newly diagnosed women this year. So we're all at the phase of our life, unfortunately, where everyone knows someone who has been impacted by this disease. Yes, I've seen it a lot around in everywhere. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Yes. Hopefully I can have you again. Bye. Anytime.